This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is Fear the Talking Dead, number 328, for Monday, the 3rd of July, 2017. Monday. It's a holiday here in Canada. <laughs> yes, it is a holiday here. Uh, it's it's a sort of a holiday in lieu of an actual holiday because the holiday or Canada Day, our country's birthday, fell on Saturday this year. Yeah, when they forced us forced us to be independent from uh, Great Britain. It was it, it was a big deal. Canada Day. It was 150 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, this one, yeah. But the original one I'm talking about when they when they had to force us to not be part of uh, Great Britain anymore. Well, either way, we weren't around for that one. So, you know, <laughs> back then, who knows what was going on. But 150 years. And I remember when Canada turned 125, and here we are at 150. Yeah, twenty felt like 25 years ago. It sure did. And, you know, you and I may be around for 175, but there's not a lot of chance we're going to be around for 200. Oh, I'm not planning on dying. Just no? so you know. So you're no, gonna... I'm uh, I'm waiting until we reach the singularity where we can transfer our consciousnesses into uh, a uh, artificial storage medium, mm-hmm. and uh, that'll be the end of that. And so you'll be around for like Canada three thousand. Oh, there'll be no Canada because I won't give a shit. I'll just put my brain uh, computer into a spaceship and fuck off, and I'll be gone. Like that's it. See you later, humanity. Good luck. I don't know. I think even if I was, if my consciousness was in some sort of off-loaded storage medium, I'd still want to be Canadian. Well, yeah, but <laughs> you don't have to be here. I guess I don't care have to about be whether here. or not there's a Canada 500. I'm or whatever. just saying the country will still have a birthday. Yeah, Anyways. it will still have a birthday. Yeah, even if nobody remembers it, except for me being the only one left because all of humanity has died in some kind of great big explosion. But I'm the only one who was smart enough to. Leave all you suckers behind. Well, we know you're the only smart one amongst us, Jason. So <laughs> anyways, happy Canada Day to everyone. I hope the, I hope the country had a nice day off. Uh, although a lot of people were, were actually just working a normal day today. But whatever. Canada, Canada 150, it was kind of a big deal. Yeah. So here we are. It's Monday, July 3rd. And a week ago, something, we were supposed to do something, I think. Yeah. But. We didn't, and I want to talk about more talk more about that later. But obviously, everyone we missed last week, and I am sorry for that. I apologize. Um, you know, some stuff happened. Everybody's fine. You know, it wasn't anything bad like that. It just uh, we'll talk about it later. But what we're going to do today, and I know this feels a little bit weird, but um, we're right now we're actually going to talk about last week's episode of Fear the Walking Dead, which was number five. And then in a few days, later this week on Thursday, probably, we're going to record again and talk about this week's episode, which aired last night, episode six, which you and I haven't even watched yet. No, I haven't seen it yet in uh, solidarity with you, Christopher. Right. Uh, so that we're on the same page. That's right. This particular episode. So we can, uh, you know, there won't be any spoilers. Uh, because we don't know what happens. No, we have no idea. Um, we can't even talk about this episode in context with the episode that just happened uh, last night, because uh, I, we may have mentioned this uh, earlier, but we haven't seen it. Right. And 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 this this all feels very weird to me. But number one, I didn't want to just skip an episode because that would not be fair to anybody. 
and we can't skip it. We have to talk about it because if you skip one and then you just move on to the next one, I mean, it doesn't really work that way. You know, we're watching the show. You got to watch it. You know, you got to watch it in its completeness. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, but it would have felt weird if we talked about episode six tonight and then gone back and done five after that would have, wouldn't have been right. But it also feels a little strange to be talking about last week's episode when the new one has already aired and everybody else has seen it already, but we haven't. So this seemed to make the most sense, even if it's still a bit odd, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, this also has the advantage of being the method where we have to watch the least amount of television. <laughs> well, not really. We got to watch it all eventually. Well, no, eventually, but, you know, as of right now, you know, we didn't have to watch both episodes in order to get here. Right, right. I, I guess what we could have done is watch both and talked about both tonight, but I didn't want to shortchange either one of them. So one tonight, one on Thursday, and next week, I hate to tell you, is the two episode mid season finale. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a couple, couple of busy weeks for us, but don't forget we had last week off. So, you know, yeah, it was like, we were, it was like we were on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Only it was not a fun vacation. Um, it was just not a podcasting week, I'm afraid. Yeah. Anywho, let's move on into season three, episode five of Fear the Walking Dead. It was called Burning in Water, Drowning in Flame. And um, let's start with some with some general thoughts. What did you overall think of this episode from last week? You know, I watched the episode twice. So I watched it originally when it when it uh, when it aired like the last Monday and then I watched it again today just to refresh my memory to make sure that uh, I was up to speed on everything. And uh I found it really kind of boring. Hmm. I um I mean some things happened, right? Uh I do I do remember some plot points uh, seeing as though I just finished watching it like half an hour ago. Right. But uh overall I thought it was just kind of uh, wishy-washy and uh, I don't think I mean I can only think of one thing that happened that uh, moved any kind of plot forward well I'm I'm not in, entirely uh, I don't entirely disagree with you I, I do a little bit but I, I thought it was a pretty good episode I didn't as everyone knows I was not blown away by the one before it right Um, the Daniel Salazar episode that was the one before it right yeah yeah okay um, and so this one I thought was pretty good. It's, it, it didn't, it didn't really floor me with anything, but it didn't bore me either. Um, and I must admit, I appreciated it more on my second and actually third watch because I watched this one because we had, you know, <laughs> a whole extra time to do it. I watched it, uh, three times and I appreciated it more each time. So oh, I think it's one of those episodes that would, upon rewatch, would grow on you a little bit. Um, but who knows? Everyone's different. So yeah. um, I don't know. But I, I thought it was okay, uh, just not spectacular. And that's yeah. uh, that's all right. I mean, that's that's okay. I mean, it it was sort of interesting, but I mean, mostly I just found it kind of boring. All right. Well, let's let's dive in a little bit more. I mean, the cold open was. Uh, the, you know, the fire starting in, in this house of two of the members of Brokejaw Ranch. And I thought it was a rather, a rather heartbreaking in a way, cold open because, you know, this old guy wakes up in the night, his wife is there, but she's obviously died at some point and turned into a zombie. And then 
she attacks him and he lets her do it and eventually shoots himself in the head, falling down and lighting the, the house on fire when a, when a gas lamp falls over. And it was, I thought it was pretty sad, but also an effective cold open. But I do have a question about it. Okay. What's your question? If she was, if Martha was a yeah. zombie yeah, and he was just lying there in the room asleep, why was she just rummaging around rather than like eating him in his sleep? Because he was asleep and not making any noise. And so we don't know that she died in bed. Maybe she got up to get a drink of water and fell down and died for whatever reason. And then when she reanimated, uh, she just started rummaging around and doing some stuff and didn't notice the, uh, the quiet sleeping person behind her. So she didn't like smell him either. I mean, they, they smell you too a little bit, don't they? Well, yeah, sort of, but they're not superhuman, right? They don't have superhuman strength or, uh, senses of smell or sight or what have you. I mean, it's well, dark sight. They can uh, see. I, well, I know, but they don't have superhuman sight. Oh, got it. I can't see in the dark. So it's dark in there. Uh, he's asleep. The whole place is not a very big place, so the whole place probably smells like him, right? You can't probably can't you know two people living in a in a cabin uh, after the uh, the zombie apocalypse, uh, not having a uh, you know a lot of chances to shower and make yourself pristine and clean. Mm. Uh, the whole place probably smells. That's a good point. Right? Yep. So, and if he's quiet, if he's not a snorer like me, I mean, did somebody pick out me and friggin' like you know right off the bat? It'd be like. Oh, that thing is making noise, and it looks pretty yummy. I'm going to eat that thing. <laughs> From two houses over, that zombie. From two you. houses over, yeah. yeah. We've, you know, we've had neighbors complain about my snoring. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. But, uh, you know, maybe he's a very quiet sleeper, and he's just kind of sleeping there going, you know, shallow breaths and not making a lot of noise. And, uh, you know, she's rumming or, rummaging around with pots and pans and probably covering up the noise. Hmm. So she doesn't even notice. Okay. Well, fair, fair enough. I, I wondered why, you know, she didn't uh, immediately roll over and take a bite, but I, I think you've, you've convinced me, but I, in general, overall, I just found it pretty, pretty heartbreaking to, you know, he gets up and he sort of embraces her and she can't bite him because she has no teeth. And, and then he kills both of them, which was really, really sad. Maybe she died while washing the dishes and didn't fall entirely onto the floor and just kind of slumped over the counter. And that way, when she reanimated, you have that residual human memory, right? And she just continued, you know, haphazardly making washing <laughs> dishes motions. She just stood back up again and continued washing the dishes. Well, you know, not actually washing dishes, but just kind of like making the motions. Like sure. somebody who, you know, not actually, you know, doing the thing, but <laughs> pretending to do the thing because that's the residual memory she has that's at what that moment. they do. Yeah, maybe you're right. And then the way it bled into the um, into the title screen, which I think we haven't talked about as much this season, but I think they've done a masterful job with every episode uh, transitioning into that title screen. They don't yeah. usually use the, the 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 sound that they started with. Now they incorporate it into the soundtrack almost every time. Yeah, that this, that was uh, by far the best part of this whole episode. Oh come on! There was better. There was better stuff than just the. Title <laughs> it was pretty screen. good, though. You have to admit, it was really good. I agree with you, but it yeah. wasn't the best part. So, anyways, let's let's talk about uh, maybe talk about each sort of character arc a little bit here. We'll start sure. with Madison. Okay, and I really think that Madison has become a remarkably smart and in, ingenious or intuitive character. Mm -hmm. The way she, you know, everything she does has, 
from what I can tell, has a purpose for her to either like learn something about this group or manipulate somebody in a situation to put her and her family at an advantage. And I think they're doing a really good job of, of um, giving her scenes and dialogue that really portray this. Well, like, you know, when, when she's leaving near the beginning to go on that expedition to where the helicopter is with Troy and all those guys. And, um, Alicia comes out with Nick. She says to them, the more we understand this family, the safer we are. And like, that's her whole goal. And I think, I just think they're doing a really good job with that and with her character. And I find it really interesting actually as a character trait. Yeah. And you know, it also, she knew that going on this expedition, uh, which is why she volunteered for it, uh, would, uh, give her credibility as a survivor, as someone who can, uh, can hold up their end of, uh, the zombie apocalypse. Right. So she went out there and proved that she could, uh, she could handle herself in, uh, in combat. Yeah, to- totally. Although they didn't know they were going to have to have to fight when they went out. And, and, and I thought that scene with the, um, overturned prison bus, I guess it was, and all the prison zombies walking around. Yep. I, I did think that, what I liked about it is that it showed Madison was very capable. And that one guy with the beard, right. He, who had insulted her as they were leaving, he said, I take back what I said, but so it proved to them that she was very capable to, to defend herself, but it also, she also struggled a little bit, right? She got knocked down a couple of them on top of her and she needed help from what the, from the guy with the bow. Yeah. Um, so again, I thought it was a good balance of her sort of being able to fight, but also being a little bit inexperienced because, you know, this zombie apocalypse is still fairly new to these people. Um, but I also thought the way it showed the other guys, Troy and everybody, those guys killing them, they seemed really, really experienced. Yeah. Like they didn't yeah. seem to have any problem with, with the, that group of zombies. That's true. So, um, I, you know, on the other hand, that scene sort of felt a little bit like well we need some zombies in this episode we need some gore so let's write in this scene so we can have a a quick battle um but i thought they justified it with with the end result so i was okay yeah i agree you know yeah i think uh i I think uh madison is doing a, a really good job of getting to know everybody and having everybody get getting to know this side of her mm-hmm. and uh, i think she's going to make a fantastic bad guy eventually uh, a fantastic bad guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. she's learning the skills of the trade. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other thing I was going to say about her kind of manipulating people and, and learning what she can is, uh, when they're deciding to, whether they want to go and, and take out those prison zombies, you know, Troy wants to do it, but yep. the other guy on the, on the other end of the radio says no, but Madison immediately says, I'm with you. Like she agrees with them. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, I think is her just making the manipulation. I I think it's her making a move to, you know, get some trust from Troy. You know, I can see that. And and she might use that down the road at some point. So she needs him to trust her. And at this point she decides, well, I, you know, I agree. I agree with your idea here. So we should do it. And then don't forget later in the episode, she gives, when they're walking back without shoes or, 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 uh, weapons or anything, she, she contradicts him at that time. So like she's keeping him on his toes for sure. Yeah. Bloody toes. (laughs) Bloody, bloody toes. That's right. Yeah. You got to go along to get along. 
at first, right? Until you build up trust and then you can, uh, you can start dissenting a little bit. I guess so. Yeah. But, um, Madison seems really, really, really good at this. And I think it's just making her character, uh, super, super interesting. Um, and then, I mean, I know I'm all over a little bit all over the place here, but, uh, I thought in a lot of these scenes with her and, and traveling around with Troy, they really amped up his level of sociopath, like another notch or two on the scale, yeah. because he tells that story about, you know, not grieving for his mother and that the zombie apocalypse is his calling. And he's one of those guys that seems to feel more comfortable now than he did pre-zombie apocalypse. Right. I think that's going to sow the seed in Madison to also feel that way, uh, which, you know, everybody who's, who feels more comfortable with the zombie apocalypse end up being a bad guy, yeah? Um, the governor? Daryl Dixon, kind of, not really. Oh, I don't know about Daryl. You, you know, yes, Daryl, to a certain extent, but uh, we we still, do we ever, did we ever really find out what he did before? The zombie apocalypse, they alluded to it that he kind of did odd jobs and uh, various things, but uh, I don't think they actually said ex- explicitly what he did before the zombie apocalypse. Well, no, but we know about his relationship with Merle, his brother, right? And yeah. he always sort of felt under his thumb, I think, a little bit. And the zombie apocalypse is what got Daryl out from under his under out from under his brother, uh, his brother's influence, and yeah. at least for a while, and then he had to kill him and so on. But um, uh, so yeah, Daryl kind of came out of his shell a little bit in the zombie apocalypse. I mean, who knows now? Cause we never see him in an episode, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I do think Daryl is the one guy who for a while at least felt more comfortable post. Um, but you're right. Most of the people became super, super villains or just villains. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> maybe there's no super villains, but you know. Yeah. So maybe Madison's going down that road. I don't know. Um, but I did think, you know, she, like one of our listeners said in a previous episode, she's, she tends to use her guidance counselor powers to, to manipulate people a little bit, you know, in that conversation with, uh, Troy calling him out about, you know, being a leader and saying it, you know, you, you have to let your, your men rest because hey, they don't have boots and you know, they're, they're not going to survive if you keep going. And then she calls him out on, on his like mother issues and all that kind of stuff. So she can read this in people and she uses it to her advantage. Right. She's going to be awesome. That's right. I mean, that's great for a villain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, so anyways, I'm pretty excited with the way Madison's character is going. I think they're doing a great job with it. Um, how about, uh, how about Alicia in this episode? So her arc kind of goes from... You know, we find out that she's been hanging out at Bible study quite a bit. And of course, Bible study is actually just, uh, well, I guess talking to the zombie head Jeff and getting drunk because I think at the beginning of this episode, she was supposed to be hung over, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're just drinking. And, um, you know, after that, she goes to Jake's house and they get it on. Yes, they do. <laughs> Anything to comment on that? Well, uh, well, I think she's. Also, she's doing her own thing, uh, getting involved with the, the people of this community and, uh, you know, winning their trust and, uh, becoming, a. Uh, I think she's doing the same thing as her mother, 
but in a a different way and with a different kind of group within this uh, within this community. I'm not so sure it's as as uh, conscious an effort though. Like I think Madison knows exactly what she's doing. I think Alicia is disillusioned by the whole situation and just kind of floating around doing whatever feels good at the time. Well, that could that could be. And I kind of I kind of attribute the same thing as Madison to uh, to Alicia. Uh, we, I'm, I'm, I, we haven't really seen as much of it. Like we haven't really seen it on the surface, mm-hmm. but I think ultimately it's going to play out that she's doing essentially the same thing. I think so. She I'm, might be a little more lost, but I think that, uh, you know, overall the idea is to, uh, to go along, to get along, to, to, to find out what these people are like and to, you know, win their trust. Yeah, for sure. I just don't see it as being as nearly as intentional. Um, and, and, and that, came to play in this a little bit, you know, when she was talking with Jake about how she says she used to enjoy stuff like art and poetry and things like that. But now that she's, you know, she's kind of lost the desire for any of those sorts of things. Some of the, maybe the finer things in, in life. Um, uh, I think she says they, they, she kind of considers them a little bit silly now when, you know, life is all about survival all the time. So, um, so, so yeah, I, I just feel like, you know, the zombie apocalypse is getting to her as, <laughs> as it would for most people. And there's just not much, um, she just doesn't have much interest in anything anymore, uh, which, which is fine, but, but you're right. She is making inroads to different groups within this, this ranch and it's probably going to help in the end. Right. Uh, yes. I, hmm. yeah, I, I think, the, I think you're right. <laughs> All right. Um, now, maybe I'm just picking nits here, but when when the show started three seasons ago, but only maybe a few months ago of actual time, Alicia was 17. Yep. And here she is doing it with the guy who's clearly older than 17. Yeah. Do, do you think she's turned 18 on the show or did he just have sex with a minor? Uh, I think it doesn't matter. I think as long as the uh, the actress is uh, over eighteen, well, it doesn't matter in uh, in that they don't care. Seventeen year olds have sex, my friend. I'm, I'm it happens. I'm, I'm absolutely aware of that, but and they didn't actually show them having sex, right? Well, no, but they did. I mean, the implication was there. I'm just like saying it, in show, like yeah. in show, it'll probably never come up. And who knows, Alicia was probably having lots of sex before the zombie apocalypse. She had that boyfriend, remember? She did. But I'm just saying, she was 17. I don't recall her having a birthday on the show. And Okay, whose birthday do you recall on the show? There was a birthday party back in Los Angeles for a little girl across the street, remember? And then the zombie like attacked her dad. Yeah, okay. No, but any character <laughs> in any Walking Dead show, have they ever had a birthday? No, I don't think so. All right, then. So everybody's the age that they... Well, I assume that she turned 18 at some point. Okay. Just for propriety's sake. I'm, I'm, I was just wondering. I'm not sure. Because he would ask her, right? You know, if an older man uh, is interested in a younger woman and there's any doubt whatsoever, you ask and you get, you know, can I see your driver's license? <laughs> I know I ask every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, good. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but, you know, the question I ask is, uh, uh, are you older than Star Wars? Because that's my cutoff. Sure. It was my cutoff before I got married. My wife is older than Star Wars, just for the just the record. Right. But, you know, 1977, 
That way, you know, if you were younger than that, uh, I, I didn't, didn't, didn't date you. You didn't proceed. I didn't proceed. You're too young for me. As it were. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a good rule to have, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, what about Jake? I'm really starting to like Jake, to be honest. I think, uh, I, I, I enjoy his attitude of there must be something to live for other than, you know, guns and survival and that kind of stuff, which I like it. One, because it's a, you know, it's a, I, I feel like it's a somewhat refreshing perspective. You know, this, The Walking Dead has always been about what do we have to do to survive and how do we get more guns and things like that. And we're never going to run out of gas, so we don't have to worry about that. But, you know, still. And here's comes here comes along Jake and he's like, I like books and I like poetry and, you know, I'm going to have sex with 17-year-old girls and, and live it up. And... You know, he seems like a well-rounded guy other than the statutory rape, but, you know. Yeah, well, he's short-sighted and all of that stuff is irrelevant because, you know, really, it is about survival. Poetry can come later and poetry can come once society has gotten to a point where you have uh, all of your basic needs taken care of. Uh, but, you know, any focus you put on, on the arts and in po on poetry at this point uh, puts your lives in danger. But you know what it is? He's living on this ranch where he's pretty comfortable. Did you see his house? He has a cool house up on that hill. Yeah. Right? So he's got well, the basic That's why needs. I say he's short-sighted. He's uh, He doesn't see the full picture, whereas Alicia sees the full picture. She knows that, uh, you know, it's not, there's no room for poetry. Like, I'm not going to lug around a, po a poetry book when, uh, you know, I can bring an extra bottle of water uh, to survive. So, you know, that poetry shit can, you know, it's nice. It's in a book form. Save the book someplace nice for 15, 20 years down the road when we get this sh shithead situation handled with the undead walking around and trying to bite out our necks. <laughs> well, I think you're right. Maybe he is a little bit short sighted, but, you know, the contrast between Jake and his brother is very clear. And yeah, well, that in, in, in a storytelling kind of, uh, perspective, yes, absolutely. For painting, you know, the, uh, the differences in characters, absolutely. It's, uh, it's important. I mean, maybe it is a little too stark, the, the difference between the two of them, but, but I like it. And, and then they introduce, introduce Alicia, who is almost on neither side, right? Like she she doesn't want to do anything. She just doesn't appreciate anything anymore. And she doesn't want to live in this world anymore. Yeah. And, um, I know that feeling. <laughs> I wake up every morning with that feeling. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I've had not. that feeling when I was 17, 18, let's say 18. Sure. Uh, <laughs> just for the sake of argument. But yeah, I mean, you know, you got to be a little more pragmatic, you know, granted, if you've got to start a fire and you've only got two books, you've got one book of poetry and one book of tax law, you start the fire with tax law. Absolutely, 100%. Because right? that shit can go away. But, uh, you know, in a grander scheme, if you only have one book and it is poetry, you start the fire anyway. I guess so. Right. Try, try but, to start a few fires, tear out pages, you know. Yeah, you can't just burn a whole book because it's actually denser than uh, a, a, a log of hardwood of the same size. It's very dense. Right. So, no, you have to rip the papers apart. Right. Books are very hard to burn well, in book uh, form. I know you've tried. I'm not actually. Okay. You just I know. Just, I just know from what I've seen on TV. Ah, yes. Yeah. TV, where I learned everything in life. 
a lot. Totally. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you know, I kind of, Alicia doesn't seem to care about anything, but then what 18 year old in the zombie apocalypse does? Um, Carl, he's not quite 18 yet. Although he seems no, like he's, it. he's, he's still 12. Yeah. Cause nobody's had any birthdays. No. Since the beginning of this. Well, I think he started the show when he was, he looked like he was eight. Now he looks like he's 25, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. He's got that long hair. That makes him young. Yeah, that's right. Like Samson. How about that scene at the end, though, with Alicia standing on the cliff? Number one, I thought, what a beautiful shot. I just it thought it shot. was an um, incredible shot. The the sky and the cliff and everything. And then she jumps and the camera, she jumps past the camera. Camera lingers on you know, the cliff and the sky for a second. And I'm like, oh my God, they're going to cut to black. And this is the end of the episode, aren't they? And then they didn't. And she lands in water. Yeah. Did you think she was jumping to her death at any point? Not even a little bit. I, well, first of all, I could obviously tell that uh, the actress was superimposed on that scene. But that, uh, that doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't matter. But she was standing on the cliff and as soon as she jumped, I'm like, oh, it's a quarry. It's got to be a quarry. With the you know filled with water because, right. uh, well, first of all, they're just not going to kill her. If there were, if it was going to be suicide, it would be a little, I don't know, it just seemed a little hacky to, for her to commit suicide that way. And if they had faded to black, I, I would have figured out a way to take the electronic file that I got from iTunes and throw it. I would have like burned it to a Blu-ray or a DVD or something, and then broken that. Symbolically, I don't understand. It would have been so annoying. I th- I actually think I would have really liked that ending. I I fade to black, jump off the cliff, linger on the camera, imply that she's just killed herself, cut to black, silent credits. Right? I don't believe them though. That would be the problem. But see, as soon as she jumped, I knew that she wouldn't be dead. And if they do that kind of thing, they've you know faked this out before in that regard and it just pisses me off every time and i knew that they'd be doing that again and i knew that's what was happening in this uh in this shot i don't know man i am maybe not quite as jaded as you because i i didn't i mean for a second i'm like holy crap they just had alicia jump off a cliff to her death and and but they're setting this precedent right they had travis get shot and fall out of a helicopter in like a cold open he's gone and I'm like, they're doing it again. Oh, my God. This show is amazing for, like, shocking ki- shocking deaths. Now, okay. you're right. Daniel Salazar burned up in a fire and then didn't. But this show does not have the fake-out problem that the main show did for a while. No, it doesn't. But if Cliff Curtis wasn't going to those uh, Avatar movies, I wouldn't believe that he's dead for a second. Like I, if it wasn't, if it was just in show information that I had, I wouldn't believe it. he would have landed in a, a bog filled with peat moss in the softest thing possible, uh, you know, uh, sitting underneath a trampoline. <laughs> he lands on a trampoline. <laughs> lands on a trampoline and then bounces onto uh, some very soft peat moss or like, you know, they have those, uh, you know, there's like plants that grow on top of ponds. And then just completely cover it, and then you can walk on it, but it's all very squishy like a waterbed. Right. Uh, so that's what I think that he probably would have landed on. Sure, he would have had this big, you know, gash and thing, but uh, he probably would have healed, right? Peat moss heals stuff when you land on it from very high altitude. I don't I know. Assume. He was shot in the neck and the stomach. I don't think, 
I think it's pretty hard to survive from that no matter what. And then he fell out of a helicopter. Like if there's anyone who's dead, it's him. <sighs> Daniel Salazar burned up in a fire. Like he, like they showed that. No, they didn't. They showed him standing in a room that was on fire. <sighs> okay. That's so not the same. That's different than Cliff Curtis falling from a, a helicopter and we don't see him die. 100%. Is that different than Glenn falling off of a uh, uh, off of a, a, a dumpster and having what appears to be his guts ripped out? And that doesn't. Uh... Yes, I think so. Now we you can't use the Glenn thing as an example because that was botched so terribly by every everyone involved. I think with Daniel Salazar, it could have gone either way. He was in a room that was on fire. If he stayed there, he was dead. But he didn't stay there. He left and he was okay. Travis. But it seemed like he chose to stay there though. It seemed like it. Fine. So they were they were trying to lead us to believe one thing, but it's not anywhere outside the realm of possibility for him to leave that room and, and be okay. Um even if you factor in even if you say he was a little bit lucky, you know, that's fine. Some character look at Han Solo, he's the luckiest guy in the universe. Yeah, Han Solo, that's why he's uh you know, he's he has force powers. It, you know, it's built into his luck. Uh, I don't believe you and I. Okay. We've had discussions I'm, about Han Solo and the force before. I do not agree on that. But anyways, <laughs> um, Daniel Salazar, Travis gets shot twice. E- either, either of those gunshot wounds would have been fatal to most people. If so, we had seen him die. Yes. And then he, <laughs> then he falls out of a helicopter into a forest. Like he's, if he's not dead, I'm going to be really upset because there's no way anyone survives that. Okay, basically, all of this boils down to, with Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, I have trust issues when it comes to this stuff, and my trust issues led me to believe that Alicia would not be dead after jumping off that cliff, and in this case, I was right. You were right, but you can also, I think, well, if I were you, I would take some comfort in that they didn't make you wait. She jumped off, and they resolved it right then and there. And that's why I didn't burn the file to a, you know, a medium that I could throw and break throw because and break. it resolved itself right away. If it didn't do that, I would still believe that she wasn't going to die and that they were manipulating me again. And that's why I would have gone through the extra steps. I would have had to gone out and buy Blu-rays and then download, a, like I have a Blu-ray player, but I do not have software to burn Oh, no, Windows does. I can burn uh, just a raw file. I wouldn't be able to make a Blu-ray or anything. But I would have to go out and purchase actual physical media that I would put into the drive. And I would do that to just to have the symbolic satisfaction of breaking that thing in half uh, while yelling at the TV. Because I, I wouldn't want to, you know, physically break my monitor or the computer or the keyboard or even my mouse. I would, you know, I'd find some I, other way of doing it. But I, I agree with you that I'm glad they did not make me wait. Right. Well, okay, good. That's that's very good. I don't think you can burn iTunes to, to disc because it's protected. No, just a physical, security. I wouldn't be able to play it. Oh, okay. Like, I Who wouldn't do, an, do anything <laughs> other than have the file on the medium so I could break it. Got it. All right. I'll uh, I'll move on. Yep. Um, anyways, I thought it was a, a, a very good scene. And I was I just want to say before we move on, the the main reason I never really believed that she was actually jumping to her death is because... You know, as I said, they just did something like this out of the blue with Travis, and I thought they're not going to do it immediately again with another character. But but then the other part of me thought maybe they would, and maybe that's the surprise or the, the big shock. And so for a second, I thought, 
holy moly, maybe they're doing it. Anyways, she comes up out of the water, a smile's on her face, so I think she's used this jump to jump back into a life where she can care about other things. And maybe maybe it's just Jake. Well, it's 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 a typical baptism right. uh, symbology, right? So it's, you know, it's, you know, baptism, she's jumped into the water, she comes out cleansed, all her sins are washed away, she can start anew, uh, all that kind of stuff. She can start gathering new sins now. That's right. That's you can works. only be baptized once, so she's got to be careful. You got to watch out. You can't be rebaptized or unbaptized for that matter. Yeah, no, I, uh, I've tried to be unbaptized. It doesn't work. Were you baptized? I was. I was not. Well, my kids aren't, so there's that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can always get baptized on my uh, deathbed, you know? Just in case? Got free that way. There you yeah, go. Well, you know, I'm just like, okay, I'm, you know, baptized, wash all my sins away. Right. Thank you. Thanks. Going to heaven just now. Squeaking in <laughs> heaven on a technicality. Just under the wire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Nick. Uh, Nick was, I thought all the stuff with Nick and Jeremiah Otto in this episode, this is where the episode kind of fell down a little bit for me. Because first of all, Nick, well, in fact, before he goes to start cleaning the house that burned down, um, he's he's talking with Lucy and, you know, he's kind of now saying not that he wants to stay here. And, you know, she says, don't make me live here. Uh, and he says, I won't. But you kind of get the feeling that Nick is already starting to feel a little bit more comfortable there because he doesn't I don't get the urgency in him to leave anymore. And he was the guy who at the beginning, you know, when they were first got there was like, no, let's not go in here. This is not a, a cool place. So I kind of feel like Nick has flip flopped a little bit on the leaving staying issue pretty fast. Uh, Yeah. Well, he went, you know, it, it, when you build your own house, you feel like you live there more well, or if you fix it up. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's what he's doing. He's, uh, for some reason he likes to help out. And when a house burns down, he likes to scrub the walls for whatever reason, not like tear down the thing and build it again with new wood. Yeah. You can scrub it down and, uh, yeah. So I think he has flip flop, but I think, uh, you know, getting involved, getting your hands dirty and your face dirty, uh, in this kind of thing really helps you to, uh, accept, uh, what's going on and where you are much like the, what he did with zombie guts, right. Uh, in the first couple of seasons where he would, you know, he's kind of accepted the zombie apocalypse because he's the kind of guy that likes to get in there and get everything dirty and, uh, use that to, to get the job done. Sure, but I I think his attitude towards Brokejaw has just I feel like it's changed a little too quickly, right? He was he was talking to Lucy before he was doing any of the house stuff, and like I said, he's not saying they have to stay, but she wants to go right away, and he's just saying like let's take it easy a little bit, let's let's not go quite yet, and and, and to me it feels like you know they've been there a couple of days only maybe, and like two days ago he didn't even want to go in the place, so. I just feel like he's he's coming around to it awfully fast, but I certainly understand Luciana's desire to get out of there, um, especially you know her being of sort of foreign descent and the attitude that uh, Otto and a lot of the people there have towards outsiders. Right. So I don't blame her for that at all. Um, uh, but then, yeah, Nick cleaning out the house. I didn't get that. It's like your house burns down. There's nothing left. You're just going to scrub the walls and live there again. <laughs> I guess zombie apocalypse, you know, you do what you got to do. 
Well, there's got to be wood, right? If they're a you know a truly a uh, uh, a self sufficient prepping uh, society, they got to have uh, you know a way of milling lumber. Sure. Or you know, whatever. I mean, all you need is a chainsaw, you know, and uh, a drill and some wood. Like you can, I've watched videos on YouTube. Huh? YouTube? Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, you can get, watch videos on how to mill your own lumber uh, from a fallen tree. So uh, with just a chainsaw and have it nice, the board's all nice, perfectly flat. And then you dry them out and then you can use that shit to make some cabins. Sure. So, you know, why scrub the burnt? walls and you're never going to get it clean it's friggin' burnt wood yeah you know you don't pick a log out of the fire and then try and polish it i mean i think <laughs> no don't <laughs> polish your log after it's been in the fire Jeez. yeah uh you know i auto sort of asks him and nick says something about uh just wanting to help out but it really seems like a frivolous way to do that so uh, i i can kinda... tear that place down that'd help yeah, you know, somebody's got to tear it down because it's not worth saving. No, he, you know Jeremiah said that at the beginning. At the beginning, let it burn, save the water. Yeah, why didn't it burn all the way down? In the was it made out of? I don't know. You know maybe something maybe else this, other than wood, unburnable well, with the concrete. Maybe <laughs> was he scrubbing the concrete? Maybe it didn't really look like wood, so maybe that was just what was less left of the foundation. But uh, well, that's not what bothered me the most about this scene. What I didn't really like about this is. The, some of the stuff that Jeremiah was saying to Nick, I thought was really pretty, pretty questionable and borderline terrible stuff. Like about when, um, when Troy was crying as a baby or a kid anyways, had a crying fit. So they didn't know what to do. So they put him in the basement, forgot he was there and found him the next day. Like that's, that's, uh, pretty sketch <laughs> you've never done that with your kids no what they're they're 10 and 8 now that's correct and you've never blocked them in the basement and forgotten about them uh nope they once. they've had to go to their rooms before they've had various punishment for things they've done or said but i don't forget they're there especially until the next day <laughs> not a thing that happens and i'm pretty sure it's not a thing that'll happen with you and your son either so I hope not no me too I so, hope he doesn't grow up and lock me in the basement and forget about me for a day. That's more likely. That'd be crappy too. It's more likely. <laughs> well, hey man, if I got locked down here with my computer and my Xbox and my TVs and my Lego and my, there's a, f- a freezer of stuff and a bathroom and they forget, forget about me for a week. I'll be fine. Yeah. Someday you'll maybe even be lucky enough to be under house arrest for a year or so. <laughs> maybe. You never know. <laughs> uh, but there was that and, and you know, Nick questions in, questions auto on his uh i guess his relationship with guns and things like that and you just clearly see these two characters shouldn't see eye to eye yet by the end of it i almost felt like nick and jeremiah were closer as characters than farther apart and that didn't really make a great deal of sense to me um and and i also just didn't like how nick seemed to be getting comfortable there so fast which i've already kind of said right he's he he didn't want to come in now he doesn't mind staying and then he hears all this crazy crap from jeremiah and the scene ends with this sort of comedic note about jeremiah almost blowing his dick off the whole thing just it didn't really (laughs) land right for me and i don't like what it's doing to nick's character so i don't know how they're going to resolve this 
Well, I can understand how Nick can have uh, some free time to scrub burnt walls, but uh, why why does Jeremiah have free time to hang out with the guy who's scrubbing burnt walls? Well, I think Jeremiah is, he's the boss. He's the leader. He's got everyone else doing stuff. And he just sort of sits around and has time to clean clean guns that he finds in the dirt. That's not necessarily what a leader does, sit around doing nothing while everybody else does other stuff. Maybe not a good leader, but maybe that's what this guy is doing. Well, he's got uh, he's got administrative stuff to do, right? They got a whole ledger for who has a gun and who doesn't. I mean, oh, he's probably got to maintain that ledger. He's got that whole thing to inventory under his house. He's got to maintain that. You know, who, mm-hmm. who's going to count the cans of mayonnaise? Uh, every week. <laughs> you got to make sure you know how much mayonnaise is left. You don't trust just anybody to come down there and uh, see your cans of mayonnaise and count them. You have to uh, You have to be very fastidious about inviting any new person that comes into the camp down there with you so that they can see the cans of mayonnaise that need to be counted, but then kick them out so that you can write down the count in your ledger. Right, right. Mayo... Uh, mayo only has to be refrigerated after opening, right? Yeah, because you buy it off a shelf in a grocery store. That's Have you ever right. been grocery shopping, Chris? I do all the grocery shopping, but we don't, <laughs> I don't eat, nobody in the house eats mayo much, so we almost never buy it. Right. But it does come off a shelf, you're right. Yeah, you need to buy more mayonnaise because no, it's good stuff. No, I don't it's like just, it. It's egg and oil, man. What's not to like? Well, I, those things are fine, <laughs> but I'm just not a mayo guy. I, I think, I think people are either mayonnaise people or they're not, and I'm not. You you don't like make a toast and tomato with like some bacon and lettuce and BLT with you know mayo a little bit of mayo I, on no, there. What I, about when do we have a club sandwich at a, at a restaurant? Well, it'll, mayo on it'll come with the mayo, and I'm fine, and I'll eat it. But like if I made that at home, I wouldn't put it. I'd probably put mustard on. To be honest, I'm a mustard guy. <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> we better just move on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, the only other thing I want to say about about Nick's arc here is that. Uh, well, it's not really about Nick, but Lucy, she leaves at the end. She gets up. So Nick makes this little picnic area in the burnt out house for them, which I guess is nice. Maybe that's what he was doing to begin with. Yeah, it's, it's you know, the romantic smell of smoke and burnt uh, other people, I assume. <laughs> burnt humans, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, they have this little thing. They lie there, and then she gets up, and she goes. Now we see her walking along the wall. I guess we are assuming she's leaving, but... Uh, this is going to be bad for Nick. It's going to either make him really upset all the time and moody, or it's going to drive him to leave to go after her, right? It's going to make him like guns, I think. Really? So yeah. his girlfriend leaves, so he picks up arms. Yeah. Wouldn't you? <laughs> no, probably not. But hey, this is this is the zombie apocalypse. Uh, he'll probably go after her. Why wouldn't you go after her? would go after her. Well, that's what I'm thinking. It'll He'll probably have to go after her. It's because Nick you know, leaves again. Split the party again. Yeah, Nick buggers off, and then we got to go find him because <laughs> he gets into trouble, and he's off somewhere, and the family's got to go after him again. Right, right. I hope it's not... This show is about family, really, and and sticking with your family and stuff, but I hope it's not that they keep separating them so that they can bring them back together because that... Is fine, but that might get old. Go find while. the drug addict's son again. That's right. Nick wandered off. Uh-oh, he went after somebody else this time, and they got to go find him. We're going to look for Travis, even though he fell out of a helicopter. And, yeah. you know, uh, Daniel is looking for Ophelia, which that makes sense. I mean, that I completely understand. 
it's his daughter. He got separated and he needs to find her. But yeah. Anyways, I was, I'm re-listening to, uh, Stephen King's, the dark tower uh, you know, series on yeah. audiobook. No spoilers here, but, uh, one thing he does say, uh, in, uh, in the novel is that uh, he equates, uh, you know, he references true love and other highly addictive drugs. Ah, uh, uh, yes. So there is a correlation there, uh, you know, uh, solidified by the great Stephen King that, uh, true love is as addictive a drug as, uh, heroin. So let's say, uh, so I think that Nick will definitely go after his drug of choice and what's left in the zombie apocalypse. Well, he's replaced heroin with true love. Yeah, exactly. For, for Lucy. So you got to go after the drug addicted son again, because he's off following his uh, monkey. Well, you know what? I actually don't mind that, that, that as a concept, right? He was drug addicted to real drugs and now he's addicted to her and he's going to leave to find her. That's kind of sweet, actually. There you go. All right. I'm okay with it now. All right, good. Strand and Salazar. What the hell are they doing? They're on their way back to the hotel. And I must admit, I found it really interesting that we have these two characters actually going back to a previous location. Shows don't do that very often, right? They always tend to move forward. But here we have these two guys um, going back to this hotel. Yeah, no, that that uh, that was interesting. This is the only plot point that moved forward, in my opinion, was the the storyline. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I completely agree, but I can see why you think that. Like, you get these two guys together who are not comfortable around each other anymore, definitely, and one of them thinks the other one is lying. Maybe they both think each other are lying. Uh, but they go back to the hotel and they find that. There's nobody there anymore, not just Ophelia, yeah. um, and the place is uh, full of zombies. Yeah, and then Salazar is like the biggest dick in the world and just leaves and says, get out of that, fuckhead, and uh, that's the end of that. Yeah, but that's that's <laughs> nuts. Like, those two guys, they can never be friends again, pretty much, right? Wow. Oh, come on. I you, don't know. You drive they, You a- know, Salazar survived uh, his own suicide in a fire. Uh, so I think that they could make up eventually, you know, through some kind of shared experience, maybe, uh, you know, they jump off a cliff, uh, into some running water and, you know, Salazar says, I can't swim. And then, uh, then he says, well, the fall will probably kill you. And then they jump off and they do survive. And then they become, you know, bosom buddies all over again. Right, yeah, that's that was a reference to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah, fine. If you haven't seen it, go. You know, go. Don't go and see the movie, but because it's not playing anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's from you, the you 70s. <laughs> but you know, watch it. <laughs> I will put it on the list. Um, you know, you're you're right. I mean, there's always a way to make up. But what I was thinking at the end there, when when Daniel leaves him, abandons him in a room full of walkers, basically being attacked. I was thinking, you know, these two guys were maybe were always a little uneasy with each other, but they were part of the same group, part of the same team for a short time. And then this happens and I'm like, they can never trust each other again. How will they ever trust each other? Especially, well, how will Strand ever trust Daniel if they remain in a group? So to me, it feels like these characters are forever going to be separated or forever at odds with each other. And it's just never going to be a comfortable situation. So maybe this 
whole cast of characters is not ever going to come back together as a group on this show, which is kind of what you expect to happen. Well, then somebody's got to start dying because they can't just have two different shows or three different shows, right? Three different sets of characters doing three different things all the time. Yeah. It's that That's three shows. So, you know, they either got to kill those people off or get their shit together and all get in the same place at the same time for a while. So it's going to come to a head, the relationship between Strand and Salazar. They're, one of them is either going to kill the other one, or as you said, somehow there's going to be extreme circumstances, which, you know, puts it, makes everything else water under the bridge and they are buddies again. Yeah. Like, you know, what happens when you get trapped in an elevator with, uh, with somebody when a mad bomber is trying to blow up the, uh, the elevator and uh, then somebody comes and saves you and you've had that time together where you thought you were going to die and uh, you tend to bond with somebody when, when that happens. Fine, but chances are you didn't go into that elevator as mortal enemies, right? Which no. where I feel like that's where they're at now. You've never been in an elevator with a mortal enemy and thought, you know, if this elevator stops, we'll become friends again? No, <laughs> I have not. Me neither. I wonder why that is. Yeah, I wonder why. Um, I'm just saying, you and me in a Jaguar at a hotel hotel full of zombies and you're like getting surrounded. I jump in the car, drive away. You manage to survive. You come find me. You're not going to be that happy. I don't know. You're a pretty nice guy. No, fair enough. <laughs> I, I might forgive you. I'm a pretty forgiving guy. <laughs> okay. But I'll keep yeah, that in mind a, when I have to flee wolves. Move. It's uh, a total say that again. Move. I said, I'll keep that in mind next time we're being attacked by wolves or something. And I have yeah, to yeah. get away and leave you. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're, you know, being chased by bears and you lace up your shoes because, you know, you don't have to outrun the bears, you just have to outrun the other guy. Sure. So I, feel, I wouldn't outrun you. I'm sure you could outrun me. I feel like with your bad knees, I'd have the advantage. Yeah. I wouldn't even lace up. I'd be like, bear, come get me. And actually I would, uh, I would fight the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Sacri- I would. Sacrifice yourself. No, my I'd, fight, I'd fight the bear. I'd fight tooth and nail. I'd punch it in the face. I'd just keep punching and kicking it in the face as much as I could because bears have sensitive noses and it depends on the kind of bear. If it's a black bear or a brown bear or a teddy bear, uh, it wouldn't be too much of a problem. You just keep kicking. Well, it would be a problem except for the teddy bear. That's probably easy. But uh, the other kind of bears, uh, you just keep kicking. But if it's a grizzly bear, you're fucked anyway. So you might as well just jump into their mouth and go, you know, <laughs> do it. <laughs> Polar bears as well. Oh, I hear they're bastards, man. Polar they're bears. bastards. So polar bears, you actually, uh, if there's, uh, I think I heard the magic number is five. If there's five or more people, polar bears tend to leave you alone. But if there's like two or three of you, then you better have a shotgun with like slugs in it or something. Cause, and then pray because they don't always stop a polar bear. You need to hit it a couple times probably. Yeah. Preferably on the nose. So let it get really close. With stick, a shotgun. Stick That's your right. shotgun in its mouth and pull the trigger. Yeah. With uh, a slug. Not just shot, not just bird shot, but like an actual physical big metal lead slug. I don't condone killing polar bears unless. Oh, absolutely. Defensive only. Defensive only. That's right. Unless yeah. you are, unless it is about to eat you. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, what Salazar did was a total dick move. Like, why? Why not just, you know, okay, she's not here. You helped me. Uh, let's get out of here and then part ways amicably. You go your way. I'll go my way. You know, that's nice thing to do, but go like, just kind of go, well, see you buddy. Yeah. You're screwed. Let's see how you get out of this. Salazar is really, really turning into a questionable 
character of questionable questionable morals, I would say. Well, he's never been questionable. He's got bad morals. I guess so, but his he's... His backstory gives him bad morals. That's very, very true. It's very, very true. So we're just seeing it play out a little bit more here. Um, so that's, uh, that's most of it. I guess the only thing we didn't really talk about is this new Native American guy that they run into whose name is Walker, yeah. <laughs> which I think is funny. Um, he seems like kind of a super badass almost the way he sneaks up on them, corners them. He doesn't seem to be scared of anybody or anything. He is ruthless because he takes all their stuff, including their vehicles and their boots. And I just feel like, boy, he's come out of nowhere and he seems like he's going to be a formidable threat. Yeah, I think uh, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun uh, how it plays out. I was hoping, well, I didn't think that the the group that shot down the helicopter would show up ever again, obviously. Here they but are. now that they have, uh, I'm on board. He... He said he wants to basically destroy Brokejaw Ranch, right? Yeah. The, the reason these two groups are at odds, of course, uh, Sean on the internet wrote in to us and said, so the white nationalists are becoming the sympathetic good guys and the Indians are the bad guys. I guess it's shocking how un-PC the writers decided to go. Eh, wrong. Wrong. All the way around. Yeah. Uh, the Brokejaw Ranches are the bad guys. I and think, I think that uh, Madison is going to be the leader of the bad guys. I, I think so, too. Like, it's it can be, yeah, I mean, it can be, depending on your view of things, I suppose, it can be pretty tough to portray either of these groups as good guys or bad guys. But, uh, yeah, um, I think I might be with you that this Walker guy, I wonder if he is sort of as capable and as powerful as he comes across already. Or he just had the upper hand in this situation. No, I think that he's capable. He exuded confidence. He really he didn't did. even have his rifle unslung. It was sitting on his back when he showed up. Yeah, well, he did have guys like all around. Well, of course, that's why he has the confidence. Yeah, he's not an idiot, but <laughs> yeah. he just he exudes that kind of calm confidence. I don't think that uh, this was a, a fluke that he was able to sneak up on this group. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. And he's and killed called- Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, he's killed a lot of them. Like, he, that pile of burning corpses was um, another uh, uh, another group of broke job people, right, who yeah. are out doing and, stuff. And that guy that was had his brain eaten, being eaten by the crows, which I want to touch on in a second, uh, he was the trap, right? That's why mm-hmm. this is not a, uh, a fluke that he just snuck up on him. They set a trap in order to get their attention yep. and to focus their attention on one particular area and then just surrounded them and snuck up on them. I mean, that's planning. That's uh, that's forethought. That's skill. That's confidence. That's smart, <laughs> you yep. know, to achieve a goal like that for sure. Uh, well, what do you want to talk about Phil getting his brain eaten by a crow? Well, my question is, Phil was reciting uh, Antigonish. And we've talked about this poem before, but I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast or whether we talked about it off air. I don't recall. So this is the, the poem. Uh, I've got it up here. Let me just, it's a short poem, three, uh, three verses that uh, he was reciting parts of it over and over again. So it is, uh, it goes, uh, as I was going up the stair, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish, I wish he'd go away. When I came to when I came home last night at three, the man was waiting there for me. But when I looked around the hall, I couldn't see him there at all. Go away, go away! Don't you come back anymore? Go away, go away! And please don't slam the door. 
Last night, I saw upon the stair a little man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. Oh, how I wish he'd go away. That's a creepy poem, man. It is a creepy poem, but we've talked about it. Do you recall? I, I believe we've talked about it. I'm not, I'm kind of surprised you haven't memorized it. Uh, well, no, I haven't. The first and last line I kind of have memorized, but, uh, I just, I don't, I, I know we talked about it. I just don't know if we talked about it on the air, but that's what, when I saw that, I'm like, oh my God, it's Antigonish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just found that fascinating. And I was wondering if we did talk about it on the air, whether the writers heard that oh. and then put it in the show. But if you don't recall that, I don't think that we did talk about it on the air. I think we might have talked about it you know, after the show at some point. You know, sometimes we have conversations while files are uploading and such. Yeah. I think this was one of those conversations. It could be. And I want to talk about those conversations later. But the poem is interesting. It's I, I just looked it up on Wikipedia, and it says that it was inspired by reports of a ghost of a man roaming the stairs of a haunted house in Antigonish, Nova Scotia, Canada. Yeah. Canadian poem. It is. That's that's cool. I didn't know that. I mean, I've heard it before, but it doesn't really, it, like, it didn't really ring a bell too much for me. Um, it doesn't have a, you know, it's not one of those poems that sort of has any relevance to my life, but I do know about it. But And you're right. We have talked about it before. So interesting to see it show up on the show. Yeah. That was, this my, okay. So other than the cold open or the, uh, the, the, the logo at right after the cold open, this was my favorite part uh, of the show because they cut off part of his head, yeah. right? So his brain was exposed. In the, in, exposed to the crows who were eating the brain, even though really the crows would go for the eyes first, frankly, uh, not just the brain matter because eyes are delicious and crows know that. So, uh, anyway, that was hard to believe, but, uh, I thought it was fun that he was reciting this poem and then, and then medicine just slowly oh. put the knife into his brain and pulled it out. I, I made a note <laughs> of that, that it was just so gruesomely slow the way she just puts that knife right down in. Oh my God. They couldn't have just rammed it in. I think it would have been more, <laughs> I would have been more comfortable with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Anyways. I hope that's how, how I go out with my brain expo- exposed. Uh, reciting Antigonish, or actually, preferably the uh, cremation of Sam McGee. That All right, fun. why not? And then someone comes along and puts a knife very slowly into your brain. Yeah, at that point, I don't care. It's just you know, slow, fast. If, if you got to die, that's how you're going to do it. But I don't plan on dying, so not a problem. Okay, very good. Um, so uh, I guess that's it. So that sounds like you didn't like the episode that much. I thought it was decent um not spectacular but my favorite part to be honest was alicia jumping off the cliff i just thought i just thought it looked amazing and for me it was a pretty effective scene because i i went both ways like as she was jumping i i thought oh my god maybe she's dead oh but probably she's not so you like jumping off of stuff though right i i thought i did but i jumped off something pretty high a couple of years ago and it scared the shit out of me what did you jump off? Did you jump off a statue? No, I was in um, Vermont and they had this where they take you up in a platform and you can jump into a big like stuntman balloon. Stuntman balloon? Oh yeah, right. Okay. That uh, like, the, yeah, okay, the thing they land on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they took me up and I got up to the top of this platform, which uh, didn't look that high from the ground. But it was, it was like a scissor lift, right? And then I got up, and I got up there, and it looked really high. And I really wanted to not do it. 
Like I wanted to chicken out, but uh, I didn't and I jumped, but it was the, it was one of the scariest things I'd ever done. And, and uh, it just felt so unnatural to be looking down and going, I'm about to jump off this thing. It did yeah. not feel like something I should be doing. So, so did they tell you to kick your feet out and land on your bum? A uh, back. They said, land on back. your back if you can. Okay. But that's hard to do when number one, you're thinking about just trying not to die. And number two, just getting the angle right. Cause if you go too far, you're going to land on your head. That's okay. Sort of. I mean, sort sure of. you could break your neck, but I'm sure you signed a waiver. So that's not a problem for not them. A, not a problem for them. Yeah. <laughs> so and yeah, if you land on your feet, there's a real good chance that you're going to put your knee through your nose. Yep. Uh, uh, so that's not good. Yeah. Why would you do that? Oh, why it, would they have that? It's, it was that like, it seems a, dangerous. It was like an attraction in this, uh, theme park type thing. Anyways, uh, it scared the crap out of me and I no longer like jumping off stuff and I don't yeah. intend to do it um, anymore. I haven't jumped off stuff since like, uh, grade school. There was a, um, series of waterfalls in the Sioux, uh, and you could jump off of the cliffs into this pool. Uh, at one of the steps on the waterfalls that was deep enough that you wouldn't hit the bottom. And it was like three stories tall. We used to jump off down into the water. Yeah. I, and I jumped after high. that, I decided that I was probably going to fall to my death at some point in my life. So I decided that I wasn't going to, you know, screw around with it anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I jumped pretty high into water as a teenager and thought it was amazing, but I, I don't, I don't think I want to do that anymore. Too old. Well, 17 year old. You know, that's what at least she did. She's 17 years old. She doesn't believe in any, that she can die at all, and that she's, uh, she thinks she's immortal. So jumping off this high cliff into uh, water of, I assume, unknown depth, because I don't think she did, a, well, she might have, I mean, off camera, she might have gone through and. Uh, I think that's the risk she was is. taking, right? She was like, I'm going to jump into this water, and if it's deep enough that I survive, then it's a sign that I need to survive. But if it's only three inches deep, well, that's a sign too. My Uncle Brian told me a story of uh, one time he climbed onto the roof of his house and he jumped off into this huge snow pile, which turned to be turned out to be a pile of bricks with some snow on top. Oh and that didn't God. turn out well for him. Uh, no, I imagine it would so not. So do your research before you jump off of shit. Good idea. Or at least sign a waiver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it's only your own damn fault. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, I, I've got one email here I want to read before we wrap things up. And uh, this just goes back to, you know, Madison being a villain. It's a from AJ on the internet. And AJ writes, I was listening to last week's show and you were saying how cool it would be if Madison became the villain. I'm wondering if this has been the show's plan all along. I didn't read the comics, so I always assumed the title referred to the Walkers. Then, in one of the later seasons, Rick gave the We Are the Walking Dead speech. Could the title Fear the Walking Dead be telling us that we, the viewers, should fear the Walking Dead? On this show, Madison's family. Interested to know if you think this theory holds water. I agree that it would be awesome if they turned out to be the bad guys. That is an excellent point, if, and uh, I believe it to be true. If the Walking Dead refers to the humans, fear the humans. And that's Madison and her family. That's right. I think that clinches oh, it. They're going to be so evil. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it is. are going to have minions and yeah. And they're not going to be little yellow banana people either. No, those are, yeah, I wasn't thinking of them when I said minions, but yeah, you're right. Probably yeah. not those guys. Probably not. Yeah. I don't know how you can say minions these days and not think of those guys. Uh, my, uh, my son is a lot younger than your kids. I haven't seen those movies. 
have you seen the Despicable Me movies? No. Oh, that's too bad. They're funny. I am aware of the Minions' existence, and I have uh, the phrase banana right. in my head banana. because of it. But I think that's just because of popular media. Oh, probably. Okay. Well, on that note, Minions, um, let's, uh, <laughs> let's wrap it up. So this is the end of the podcast, but maybe not the end of the evening for now. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that, of course, by uh, sending email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can also visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead or at talkingdead on Twitter. And, of course, you can visit talkingdeadpodcast.com to find all of our episodes, as well as click on the send voicemail button if you would like to uh, send us a voicemail with your thoughts or comments. And I don't actually want to wrap up the show right now, even though this is the end. Um, I want to do something after. And uh, why, don't, why don't I play the, uh, the outro music and then we'll do that. Sure. So un- until next time, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye. All right, Jason, we're back. The show is over, but uh, we're going to keep going here for a few minutes. And uh, there's there's a, there's a few things I want to talk about. First of all, what happened last week and like why there was no episode, which I think people are, are interested to know. But the reason we're doing it here after the normal podcast is because some people probably aren't interested in knowing. And so they can turn the show off and move on and wait till the next one. I'm, I know I'm only partially interested. Right. <laughs> well, you're stuck here no matter what. Um, but I want to call it, I want to give this segment a name. Is that okay? I like names. Well, I want to call I've lived this, my whole life with the name. Well, good. I'm not going to name this Jason. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Jason, everybody. Uh-huh. No, uh, this is going to be the Talking Dead After Hours. Nice. Do you like that name? I think that's a good name. I think it's a good name. It reminds me of uh, various things that well, have also been named After Hours that were similar, well, and I agree with. For me, it's a reference to one of my all-time favorite episodes of one of my all-time favorite TV shows. And uh, that would be the Twilight Zone. Yeah, longtime listeners will know probably that. And I may have even mentioned this episode before, but, uh, you know, go go look it up if you want more information. But so the Talking Dead After Hours, one of the things you and I do is sometimes get on the Skype call and we talk before we record and we talk after we record. And sometimes it's interesting stuff, usually not. But we also like occasionally feel the need or the desire to talk about a movie we've seen or another TV show. And we're not going to start a whole podcast for that, but it might be fun to occasionally do a little bonus content and either release it at the end of a regular episode of the podcast or like we're doing today. But I think in the future, if we do this, I think I'm actually going to put it out as separate like bonus episodes. That way, if people aren't interested in it, they don't, have to download it right they can skip that if they'd like so the topic is not really set and it's not necessarily uh about the walking dead or fear the walking dead i mean you could talk about your three favorite types of cheese because i know you like cheese Mm. and i could talk about the uh the number of my favorite types of pickles 
So I'm a bit of a pickle fan. Oh, you like pickles. I do like the pickles. <laughs> I have my hamburger pickles, but sometimes I, you know, we won't get into that now. Uh, maybe, maybe another time, but, but that's the thing. Like, you know, we, we were both watching the leftovers, a show that I think we both loved and, and it would be fun to maybe talk about that once in a while. It but. would. It would. So welcome to the first installment, everybody of the talking dead after hours. And I thought we'd start this here today, uh, because of what happened last week. And I know there are at least a certain group of our listeners who are curious about what's going on, why we missed last week, and actually a number of people who are genuinely concerned, right? You, 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 we've been over the seven years or eight years we've been doing this, we've been pretty, in my opinion, remarkably consistent. Yeah. At least for say the first six years <laughs> when I feel <laughs> and like that's a con- that was a conscious choice that we made too, because, uh, you and I both listen to podcasts. And one of the things we like about the podcasts that we really like is that they're consistent, that you don't have to wait for a random amount of time in between episodes. And then all of a sudden there's a new episode and it's just like, oh, okay, uh, I remember that podcast. Right. And, and, and I think it's important too. people get into the rhythm, they get into the pattern, they know when to expect it. And of course, when you cover a TV show like we do, you know, it comes out every week. So when you miss one, it becomes kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, how can you cover a TV show and, and skip an episode? Well, you can't, and I, it, it just doesn't work. So last week we didn't intentionally miss it. We didn't skip it. We didn't just want a day off or something like that. Nobody got sick. You know, there wasn't anybody in the hospital or anything like that. What happened is, and I mean, if I'm going to start at the beginning, this probably goes back to the beginning of 2016 when I got a new job, uh, sort of anyways, the, my, my actual job kind of remained the same, but the company I work for split off from another company and became a much smaller version of the same thing I was doing for the bigger company. And because of that, you know, I now work for a 10 person operation where there's much more responsibility and a little bit more craziness all the time. You know, my commitment to my regular day job changed pretty drastically, even though I was doing the similar or the same type of work. And, you know, for 2016 and the first half of 2017, I think we've been pretty good, but I think we've in general had a few more issues or problems getting episodes out right when they should. It doesn't happen that often, but occasionally we change a day or we, you know, have to shift recording times around just to accommodate um, mostly my ridiculous schedule working for a 10-person company where you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's, you know, to be fair, also, uh, we've had to move things because of my work schedule, which I've been uh, basically embedded with the Ontario government, which gets, it's, it's more than a 10 person operation. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> and, uh, it can get kind of unwieldy. So yeah, I, I think, and that's basically along the same timeline that uh, right. 2016 and 2017, maybe a little bit earlier for me, uh, that I've been working with the Ontario government and it's been pretty nuts. Uh, you know, trying to keep up with schedules and things get out of hand Sure. Uh, for me and I have to play catch up, which is why we have to sometimes shift recording and then your responsibilities, uh, you know, require 
uh, accommodation as well. Yeah. Plus you had a baby last year and, and things oh, yeah, like the that. Baby. So, you know, you know, stuff <laughs> happens. Uh, I think although we, we, we made it through the, the baby time remarkably well, I mean, you basically just took time off, which is understandable and, and then came back later. Yeah. Um, but you know, all the, the point of all this is that, you know, it has been a little bit more difficult over the last year and a half, uh, to, to get shit done with the consistency that we had for the seven years before that. But, um, what happened last week is I had a, a business trip planned. I was going to be gone for seven days in New York and then Los Angeles and then back to Toronto. And I did go on the business trip, but usually when that happens, you know, I'm able to take a, some sort of recording setup with me and you and me can do one evening where we record. I'm in the hotel and you're at home or whatever. Right. And it, yep. it works out. Um, but this time the trip and the business I was supposed to be doing did not go as smoothly as we planned. And I was on airplanes and working a lot. And, uh, every time you and I talked and tried to find a time to record, it just didn't work for me or it didn't work for you. And then as I went to the West coast, there's a three hour time difference. So it got even more tricky and, uh, it just didn't really work out. And, you know, neither did the, the trip very well to, to be, <laughs> to be quite honest. I mean, that's a different thing, but it affected everything and it, uh, messed up our schedules to a degree that we couldn't get, you know, get together to record. So, um, but now you're home and glad to be home. I, I am home and definitely glad to be home and, you know, we were able to make this happen and I think things are going to settle down at least <laughs> in the short term for me a little bit. So we for will, the rest of the week, I hope so for the rest of the week, <laughs> we'll be able to record later this week and, uh, and then move on from there. But it, a lot of it is because of Canada day, to be honest, you know, the, the industry I'm in, which, you know, I'll just be brief and say is marketing. A lot of companies really, really wanted to do marketing stuff revolving around Canada 150, the, the, the birthday of our country. So we kind of knew things would get busy and get crazy, but I think we underestimated the level of busyness and craziness that we were getting into and it just screwed up everybody's schedule. So, yeah, so that's that. So that's why that happened. But, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully from here on in, we can, um, we can be uh, as consistent as we can, but you know, it's also really, really sort of touching and encouraging all the messages I get. Cause I read most of the email that comes in. Well, I read all of it and I send stuff to you that occasionally is relevant to you. <laughs> yep. That's nice. Uh, but uh, you know, so many people reach out wondering what's going on in a nice way, you know, showing so much concern, uh, making sure everything is okay. And when we started this man, I never imagined that we'd have a big, cool listener base like that. Yeah. That when, no, it's it's great. It's so nice to have such awesome listeners. You, you, you know, when I'm, there's plenty that we, we never hear from and never will, and that's totally fine too. But then you get this group of people who are like, guys, what happened? You know, are, are, is everything okay? Hope everything's all right. You know, if something went wrong, don't worry about the podcast, deal with whatever's wrong. And, uh, like nobody writes in and says, what the fuck? Where's my, where's my podcast? You know, which is nice. Yeah. Which is really nice. So, um, so that's that, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens in the future, but we try our best and, uh, hopefully, hopefully things don't get out of hand so much again that, uh, 
we we just can't can't do it because I don't like yeah. not doing it. It really was a bad feeling, and it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, it left kind of a bad feeling in 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 my craw as well. <laughs> uh, just because I I like to I, I like to be consistent. I like the. Uh, I like the fact that we put out uh, podcasts on a relatively consistent manner. And when you miss something like delaying one thing is, uh, you know, delaying is one thing, but when uh, one is actually missed, it, uh, it's an uncomfortable feeling to say the least. Yeah. That's the problem. If we have to do it a day late, you know, I can usually deal with that, but when it just doesn't happen, it just feels wrong. I thought you were going to say there at the beginning when you started talking that it was an uncomfortable feeling in your crotch and, I thought that would no. be a little strange. Uh, no, it actually has very little to do with my crotch. <laughs> more more in my craw. Lot than I ha- do I have a craw? I don't know. <laughs> Stuck in my craw? Is what, a, what is that? Is that I don't a, know. Is that a thing? It seems like it's a bird thing, isn't it? Yeah. Do they have a gizzard? I don't, I don't have a gizzard. Birds have a gizzard. <laughs> I don't know, man. Do I have a craw? I have to look that up. All right. Look that up. If I have a craw, there's something stuck in it. That's for sure. All right. Well, there you go. Um, anything else you want to just touch on briefly before we call it a night here? I mean, nope. I mean, you didn't see Wonder Woman, right? I didn't see Wonder Woman, right. I, <laughs> so, okay. Done. <laughs> I kind of want to talk about you, talk about Wonder Woman with you, but I mean, it's getting old. I mean, it could happen. You, you know? You should check it out. Yeah, I'm not doing anything right now. Uh, well, can I here? Here's something. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot. Although, make no promises. Okay. Done. done. I think I think. Well, no, I know. <laughs> Spider Man Homecoming comes out on Friday. Is I, that coming out already? I think you and me should find time to go see it and then do an after hours review of Spider Man. Uh, Let's try to make that happen. All right, the third installment of the recent Spider-Man movies. No, this is this is a new reboot. This is Spider-Man. No, I know Homecoming. it's the third reboot though. It's, that's what's what I'm saying. It's, oh. it's the third. We've had the Tobey Maguire, and then we had the what's his eyebrows, the Amazing Spider-Man. Yep. And then uh, the British guy, and then now we have this uh, third one with a hot Aunt May uh, kind of thing. And, and you know, I I think it's going to be good, but oh, come on, Spider-Man origin story again? Do we really? This is why I want to talk. Well, this is why I want to see it and talk about it with you, because right. I think it could be interesting. So, I'm totally up for it. So, figure it out on your end. So we had radioactive spiders back in the day, and then uh, that got you know radioactive things got old. So now we have genetically engineered spiders, uh, you know. And now that that's gotten old, what's uh, what's next? Is it terrorist spiders that are going to? Uh, to, to bite. Well, you, you got to keep up with the times, I guess. I yeah, don't know. so I guess, you know, that's what's going to happen. This is going to be terrorists. Okay, well, we have to go see it to find out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. If you don't want to or you don't have time, I understand. But Oh, I do want to. All right. Whether or not I have time, I don't know. Next weekend, for sure, I won't have time. We don't have to do it on the weekend. Like, we can see it at 10 o'clock at night, some night during the week. All right. Instead of podcasting? <laughs> no, you have to you have to carve out additional time, and then actually additional time to podcast too, probably. Yeah, okay, that's that's fine. Uh, okay, so we'll we'll figure it out. But I have a question for you. Uh, in uh, this, something came up in my brain in while we were podcasting, and uh, didn't I promise to watch something five times? Oh, what was Do that? You what? I think we were doing an we were doing an actor spotlight. <laughs> and I forgot to watch a movie. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. promised I would watch it five times. You forgot to watch... What was that? You forgot to watch the J- JDM um, 
uh, romantic comedy. Uh, accidental husband. Right. The accidental That's right. husband. I did watch it once, but I need to watch it four more times. I apologize. I completely forgot about it. You got to call me on this shit. <laughs> so you actually did watch it. I watched it once, like the next day, but I need to watch it four more times. Oh, okay. Good. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold up my end of the bargain. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uphold that. But I had forgotten until now, so I'll watch it again tomorrow, I guess, and then. But you remind me. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll every I'll set a monthly reminder to bug you about yeah. that. And then we'll do an after hours about my experience watching it five times. That's a good idea. <laughs> five times. Whoa, that's going to be fun. Uh, I take my punishment seriously. Yeah. Well, you know, when you, when you mess up to that degree. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. No, that was, that was, that was a failure. That was, uh, that was an error. It's not a mistake. A mistake is an error you refuse to correct. I'm uh, trying to at least atone for it, if not correct it. Got it. Five times. That, that's probably a good atonement. Yeah. Okay. There you go. What about Glow? You see how much Glow have you seen? Oh, I've seen the whole season. Holy shit! Already? It, did, it was twenty four hours. It didn't take long. How many? How many episodes are there? Ten. Oh my god! That's still that's a lot. I've only seen one. I've seen the I, first one. I don't fuck around. No, I know you don't. I, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, holy shit! Where has this show been all my life? I did like the first episode quite a bit, and then I, I liked it so much that I watched a, a documentary on the uh, actual. Uh, wrestling organization in the 80s and 90s. That's uh, it's a, it was a real thing. I didn't know that. I know it's a real thing. I I did for some reason, but I didn't know anything about it. But I really liked the first episode of Glow, man. Uh, I I thought seeing Allison Brie in uh, in this sort of role. I don't know what it was about the role, but I think she's perfect for it. And um, the story seems compelling. Mark Maron was really good. You don't yep. see him act very much. I listen to his podcast sometimes and. I can only take him in small doses. His, he, he come, I don't know. He annoys me sometimes, but I thought he was great in this show. So I'm looking forward to seeing more glow. So maybe when I get more into that, then, uh, we can review that too. Sure. I'd be, uh, I'd, I'd watch the whole season again just to refresh my memory. All right. Exciting. What about preacher? You seen any more preacher season two? Uh, no, season one. We're just catching up on season one. I think we're six episodes in now. Oh, Okay. The season premiere for T season two yeah. is, I thought was one of the best things I've ever seen. Really? So I'm looking forward to it. Good. No, I watched it. Uh, the problem I had just to let everybody know of, I think we may have talked about it before, but the problem I had with preacher is I liked it too much to give it half attention. Sometimes I watch TV while I'm doing other things. Uh, and that's, this is not a show that I can watch while doing something else. I watched the pilot while doing something else. And I'm like, that looked interesting, but I don't quite understand what's going on. So I watched it again uh, it great. while I was doing something else, and it still didn't work. So I just like, okay, I can't fucking do it. No. And I watched uh, I watched it with my wife uh, when it first came out, but she was pregnant at the time and wasn't really interested in... Uh, it was too hot, and it was too late in her pregnancy. It was like July <laughs> something, and right. she was like seven or eight months pregnant, and she's like, I'm not watching that shit. And we, so we didn't, we just fell off. But now, you know, after Jasper's born and he's asleep upstairs, we watched the first episode. She's like, that was great. Yeah. And so we're now we're working our way through it. It, it, uh, it's, it's really good. Um, I look forward to getting to the end. The end of season one is, is a trip, but the whole thing is, is I thought was really good. And the way season two started a week ago, where was it? Was it a week ago? I don't know. It was recently. I've only seen the first one. Fucking yeah. great. It was so good. So, yeah. 
I love that Irish guy. He's that Irish vampire. He's awesome. Super funny. What's his name? Uh, Clarence C- Cassidy. No. Cassidy. Cassidy. That's yeah. it. Um, <laughs> he's so good. That big stupid hat on because he can't go out in the sun. Yeah, I know. No, he, he's amazing. I love it. So, awesome. all right. So that's it. I think for uh, for now. But the the point of all this was to just talk about why we missed last week and to uh, introduce this new Talking Dead After Hours thing that I think we'll we'll want to do once in a while because you know you and I all are always like, oh, I wish we could talk about that TV show or that movie or. You know, yeah. that really good hot dog I had last week or something like that. So. Mm, I did have a good hot dog last week. <laughs> good, see? I put chili and cheese on it. I made my own chili cheese dog. It was awesome. It's the kind of thing you need to let the people hear about, my man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, all right, that's going to do it. Uh, we'll be back um, later this week to talk about Fear the Walking Dead episode six. Cool.